0: Welcome to an encore presentation of Compassion Radio 360. Morning, honey. It's time for our end of the week program. We're calling this our Compassion 360 program. When you look around the world today, do you always see good stuff or do you always see bad stuff? It's one of the Mm. questions we deal with on this program. I'm hoping that we would be able to turn our focus backwards things that are encouraging, positive, scripturally based, and from the heart of God himself. We have an interesting article today.
1: Well, sometimes you read an article and you think, where is the good in this? Mm. What is the positive lesson that we can glean from this article? And I have to be really honest with you. When we first looked at this article, I thought, There's nothing positive about this. But I think we can turn a corner and say, okay, if I find myself in a situation similar to this, regardless of which side of the situation I'm on, how do I respond? How can I choose differently? How can I choose differently? Exactly.
0: I've also thought to myself on first read, oh, do we have to go through this again? (laughs) That was my first response in reading this article.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: That it resolved itself without something violent happening. Is a relief Yes But the way it starts Seems like a very old script Repeated ad nauseum Mm -hmm. So let's go ahead And read some of it
1: Well the article Is from NPR News And it is titled Watering Flowers While Black A pastor shares his story Of wrongful arrest
0: Yeah this is a true story This is not an opinion Based on what this guy Actually went through Right this was from
1: Back in early September
0: And after that of course People have plenty of opinions About what it meant Or what should have been done Should not have been done But the facts of the case are...
1: When Michael Jennings went over to his out-of-town neighbor's house to water their plants, he thought he was just doing a simple, straightforward act of kindness. But when Jennings, 56, saw that officers from Alabama's Childersburg Police Department had arrived, he knew that the situation would take a turn. When they first pulled up, I already knew that it was going to be something, Jennings said in an interview with NPR. A longtime pastor at Vision of Abundant Life Church in Sylacauga, Alabama, Jennings recalls that when the police arrived at his neighbor's house, he immediately noticed the officer's behavior.
0: The officer parked around back and walked around front. And immediately, you could tell by the tone of his voice, I was already guilty, he said. Mm. Following the officer's arrival, Jennings was arrested and placed in the back of a police cruiser. He was later charged with obstructing government operations, according to a criminal complaint. I'm supposed to be here. I'm Pastor Jennings. I live across the street, Jennings told an officer. And that's recorded on newly released body cam footage. Now, again, this is happening after he's been arrested. Mm -hmm. During the 20-minute exchange caught on body camera on May 22nd, a Childersburg police officer approached Jennings, and on camera, the pastor could be seen watering plants in his neighbor's yard. You would think there would be some indication here of something normal going on. As seen in the footage, an officer approached Jennings and asked him what he was doing. To which he replied, watering flowers. The officer, who was not identified by authorities, asked Jennings if a car parked in the driveway belonged to him. Jennings responded, saying the car was his neighbor's. Factual things that are obvious. Yeah. Or should be obvious with a couple more questions.
1: Right. Later, the officer told Jennings that the police were responding to a call involving a, quote, suspicious vehicle and a suspicious person that's, quote, again, not supposed to be in the yard. The officer then asked Jennings for his identification. Who's saying that? Jennings asked the officer. They called about it. I don't know. The officer responded. Again, the famous they who (laughs) always makes the call or the comment or they said this happened. You know, The
0: officer's not taking that phone call from somebody saying, can you check this out? He's getting an instruction from a dispatcher who's heard something. So by the time it gets the officer, every 911 call that comes in about a suspicious situation or person... It is now always, by the way they're handled, third party. Mm -hmm. You're getting hearsay, literally, from the dispatcher saying, we've heard that. Can you go check out?
1: Exactly. The exchange between Jennings and the officer led to shouting as Jennings told the officers that he had done nothing wrong. After about 10 minutes, Jennings was placed in handcuffs for not providing the officers with identification. Following Jennings' arrest and being placed in handcuffs, an unidentified neighbor... The same one who called the authorities about Jennings being a, quote, suspicious person, told the police officers that she recognized him. Oh, he lives right there, and he would be watering their flowers. This is probably my fault, the neighbor told officers. But despite the unidentified woman telling officers she indeed knew Jennings, he was still arrested and charged. And
0: charged. While the charges against Jennings were later dismissed by a municipal judge in June... The pastor said that he's never experienced anything like his arrest before and hopes it's an experience that nobody else will go through. Mm. I hope there are some changes, definitely changes made, from the mayor's office and all through, Jennings said. I hope to see changes from all over the municipality, period. From the police department to the mayor's office, I think it needs to be changed. The Childersburg Police Department did not respond to NPR's multiple emails for a request of comment on the incident. Our goal is obviously justice for Mr. Jennings and the situation, said Bethany Embry-Jones, one of the attorneys representing Jennings, in this interview. Because he's a pastor, he has a congregation, he has a following, and he has a name. In this situation, his name was ruined, she added. Mm. And that's probably fair to say, because if you didn't know him personally, didn't know his history of pastoring there in that town, and all you knew about him was from the media, oh, he's been charged with a crime in that town, he is therefore going to remain suspicious to Mm -hmm. people who don't know him personally. Mm -hmm. So this is a reputational issue, and the police have literally overstepped the bounds of what is considered fair and just in the situation. Not about justice as in law but about what is right and just to do in society, as any person would do. Exactly. Can we live justly and rightly with each other is the big question here.
1: Yeah, yeah. One of the things that strikes me about this article is that it evokes feelings, uh, mm-hmm. big feelings.
0: Definitely an emotional article.
1: Yeah, and dare I jump into the water, what color are you Yeah. and how does this impact you? What feelings come up in your body, in your emotions As you hear us talk about this article, as a white woman, it infuriates me to think about this happening.
0: Does it infuriate you because you're a white woman?
1: (laughs) That's a good question. Yeah, in some ways it does, because the woman who called the police was a white woman.
0: Yeah, and a neighbor of both of them. And
1: a neighbor. Why did she call? Did she call because he was black? Did she call because she was afraid? I don't know.
0: Did she call after taking a good long look and studying the scene? Or did she just have an immediate emotional reaction to what she saw being out of the normal, Mm -hmm. therefore being Mm -hmm. suspicious, Mm -hmm. and immediately call the police?
1: I think it upsets me because we've read so many stories over the past several years that involve a black man, a young man, old man, black man, period, and some black women as well. I don't want to (laughs) leave them out of this unjustly arrested, unjustly accused, and unjustly killed, basically because of the color of their skin. That upsets me.
0: Yeah. I think it's fair to say, too, that when we talk about those who are dealt with unjustly, not just unjustly persecuted or prosecuted or convicted, Mm -hmm. but just unjustly dealt with. Yeah. Uncivilly. That it's more than just the color of skin that's at work here. Because if we just say it's about the skin, other people might rise up and say, well, it's not about that at all. It's because they come up with a whole bunch of other reasons. If it's going to be pure racism, people have actually sat down and thought, I think this about this race of people. And they write it out in their mind. They have a narrative. Most people don't do this. And all of us have grown up into society, which means the people around us, which is part of our immediate group. And then around us, a larger group. And around that, the nation. Around that, the world. Mm -hmm. So in the place where you grew up, so much gets baked into us that's never questioned, especially when we're young. And that's the cumulative effect that most people, when they're talking about issues of racism, are really talking about. The stuff that's baked into us that makes us viscerally respond to things in a certain way, which could be counterproductive or dangerous. Mm-hmm. This is not about you personally deciding, I want to hate this person or this group of people from which they probably come. We don't really often think that way. People do commit themselves to that kind of,
1: yes, there of are some. doctrine. Mm-hmm.
0: And they create a whole manifesto of these beliefs and then try to poison the world with it. But for most of us, we're just dealing with who we are walking into the situation without questioning who we are. Mm-hmm. or what our motives might be or what may have affected our impressions, our reactions to people or situations. Mm-hmm. We just walk into them and have to deal with it with what we got to work with, which is what's in our hearts.
1: Right. Well, my hope is that by hearing this article, by reading stories like this, that we would begin to question those knee-jerk responses, as you call them, those things that just automatically come up in us for some reason that we don't even understand, these deep emotions that just like burst out of us. Yeah. Yeah. When we read stories like this, which side are we? on if there's a side, and why.
0: Right. And we're talking again about hearsay, this officer stepping in because someone, concerned citizen called 911, and they want to serve and protect, that's their job. So they're already assuming the goodwill and the veracity of the claim being made by the caller who called a dispatcher, which called him, which then dispatched him to go deal with this. So all these levels of separation have happened. So when the officer is not trained to enter into a situation of conversation, of saying, hi, my name is Officer so-and-so, and and who are you? Do you live here? And have a conversation where you're actually engaging with the person instead of accusing and projecting Mm -hmm. a kind of forceful authority then the conversation that can happen can enlighten so quickly what's happening here Mm -hmm. and can dispel any misgivings. But we're not really living in a society right now which is tolerant of people being tolerant. Whether getting Bibles into closed countries, relief supplies into dangerous refugee camps, or providing training in theology books to barefoot pastors as they begin their ministry, these are all the kind of things we love to share with you every day. And more importantly, they're the kind of things we like to do. Will you help us get ready for the next big faith challenges and opportunities of this year? Your gift today will provide the means for us to begin some new initiatives with our Bible and relief partners that reach farther than we've ever gone before. Here's how. The first and best way to reach us is through our website, CompassionRadio.com. It's available 24-7. Our safe and secure order form there will get your gift to the places needed most and we'll do it right away. You can also support us with a call during Pacific Time Business Hours at 1-800-868-2478. That's 1-800-868-2478. You can also text COMPASSION to 53445 to give right through your phone, no matter where you are. And note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Again, that's Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. However you give, we'd love to hear more about why you believe in Compassion Radio. We so much value your messages and letters. And know this, your gift is deeply appreciated. Thank you for loving us in this way. When the officer is not trained to enter into a situation of conversation, saying, hi, my name is Officer so-and-so, and who are you? Do you live here? And have a conversation, actually engaging with a person instead of accusing and projecting Mm -hmm. a kind of forceful authority. Then the conversation that can happen can enlighten so quickly what's happening here Mm -hmm. and can dispel any misgivings. But we're not really living in a society right now, which is tolerant of people being tolerant. We live in a society which is only tolerant of absolutes. Mm-hmm. And that's baked into like Facebook and other social media where we're just expected to stake our flag in the ground where we stand and demand others join us at that flag or you're an enemy. Mm-hmm. That is our generation friends. and we have to choose in the body of Christ to respond and not react. Yeah this is going to be essential. This is spiritual discipline. This is living out our faith. Mm-hmm. This is literally sanctifying in Christ, The things that we hold in our hands, Mm -hmm. the things we control, we have to take them to the cross and let God crucify the bad within us, and then take the rest to the altar to give it to him as a good offering that he wants to consume in ways that will make the world better and bring glory to himself. Mm -hmm. If we're not willing to come to him, literally come to him and say, I don't know everything I should know about the situation. I need some wisdom. I need some guidance. Mm And without that supplication of coming to God himself and saying, I need to know better what you know and how you think, because this world is getting kind of crazy.
1: Yeah. Well, it's more than just knowledge. It's more than just knowing about a situation and saying, yeah, I know this stuff or I I get it or I understand this stuff. It's even deeper than understanding. It's, it's, It's an internal, well, it's wisdom. It's just an internal thing that comes from knowing, but also comes from searching. And it's a communion. It's a deep communion with the Spirit of God.
0: The wisdom you're talking about, honey, I think is directly linked to the kind of thing we just talked about, the visceral response to something. Mm -hmm. If we have been conditioned because of something bad that's happened to us in the past to always react or overreact to something every time a trigger comes along we are going to keep repeating that behavior because it's never been changed from deep within mm-hmm. the wisdom that talks about in the bible is not about ideas it is about the base of your soul being transformed yeah. into something that is responsive to the word of god mm-hmm. and to his reality how he really sees things first so that we can then interpret what's happening around us through the lens of his wisdom and truth. Mm -hmm. But that takes discipline and time. And it takes a will on our part to say, God, help me to become like you. Mm -hmm. And that is, I think, the core of the story. Where in the story were people behaving like Christ? Well, the first thing is we have a guy who either has been asked by his neighbors or just sees the flowers wilting and knows that his neighbor could use a favor. Mm -hmm. He happens to also be a pastor. But the story is not about his pastor job. The story is about him as a human being. He, being a good neighbor. Yeah, and he does the thing that Christ would say to us to do. Go take care of your neighbor. And who is your neighbor? The one around you. Mm-hmm. doesn't make a difference if they're white or black. doesn't make a difference if they're old or young. If they're near you, they are your neighbor, because neighbor means in proximity mm-hmm. to, and people that inhabit the space in which you live.
1: Yeah. Well, we all know, too, the stories from the New Testament about Jesus just turning things up on their head about who your neighbor is. He tells the story of the Good Samaritan. There's also a story about the woman at the well who was a Samaritan woman, Mm -hmm. and Jesus approaches her and has this great conversation with her. That just upsets so many people. Jesus is already saying to us, Your neighbor is not who you think it is.
0: Or who the people that you think of as your neighbors think about that person. Right, right. He is not asking for us to go get a consensus from other people. He is asking us directly, who do you believe your neighbor is? Because he did the same thing with his disciples about who do you think I am? Mm -hmm. He asked direct questions to individuals by his spirit to see, are we willing to let him lead us into a new perspective? Mm -hmm. And every time you hear the story of who was the good neighbor, who was the good person to the one who was robbed in the story of the Good Samaritan, The man being asked that question can't even say the word Samaritan because he hates Samaritans. He is already bigoted about Samaritans. He is already a racist.
1: And that's baked into their society at that point.
0: And it was considered completely normal within the law and society of the Jews at the time to hate others, especially those who were considered inferior to your purity in doctrine and theology, Mm -hmm. or to those who would oppress you, like those heathens that are occupying our territory. But that was part of their society. It was just baked in. The truth is, at the end of that story, when Jesus says, who was the good neighbor, not just who was your neighbor, because the answer to that question in that story is every single person in that story was a neighbor to the man who was mugged. Mm. They were all in proximity to him. They were all in the same territory. They were all together in this. And yet three of them walked away and disowned it. Only the one who was perceived as being a foreigner and a 'er ne'er-do-well from some other bad part of town is the one who became the good neighbor. Mm -hmm. So yes, we start with our story today about a good neighbor. He walked across the street and watered his neighbor's flowers. And then... We have another neighbor come into the picture who is not acting out of goodwill, probably been trained by circumstances to be very suspicious.
1: Living in fear, it sounds like. Yeah,
0: and that's true. Whenever you have a person who is coming at you aggressively, it has to do with fear. Mm. There is a baked in fear somewhere that they're reacting to, which they have to master. They have to conquer in order to get control again. Mm. So aggressors are fearful people. Any system that is aggressive towards any group of people, they're living in fear as well. You know, I don't want to live in a world or a nation or a town or a congregation or even a family where there's nothing but fear all yeah, the time. Yeah. So what's the response here? That's what we're going to spend the last couple of minutes of program talking about. And we're going to go back to Proverbs 3 from the, um, the message translation because it has a good liveliness to these words. And I'll probably bring it to you very fresh. I'll read the first few verses. Good friend... Don't forget all I've taught you. Take to heart my commands. They'll help you live a long, long time, a long life lived full and well. Don't lose your grip on love and loyalty. Tie them around your neck and carve their initials on your heart. Earn a reputation for living well in God's eyes and the eyes of the people around you. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume you know it all. Run to God. Run from evil. Your body will glow with health and your very bones will vibrate with life. Honor God in everything you own. Give him the first and the best. Great advice right there. Yeah. Those things get tested pretty quick when they're actually put into action. -hmm. Can you, in the face of other people who are not like that or who are testing your willingness to follow God's advice here, how are you going to get through this? Are you going to be, at the end of the day, influenced and transformed by your encounter with somebody you're suspicious of, or by this truth refocusing you when you encounter situations which would have formerly triggered you?
1: Yeah. Well, there's such a great promise here. Your body will glow with health, and your very bones will vibrate with life. I mean, that's a beautiful promise. Yeah, it is. We all want health and vibrant life, you know?
0: You got another section of the same chapter. We're going to tie into the story as well. That comes from later on in verse...
1: 21 through 26. Dear friend, guard clear thinking and common sense with your life. Don't for a minute lose sight of them. They will keep your soul alive and well. They'll keep you fit and attractive. You'll travel safely. You'll neither tire nor trip. You'll take afternoon naps without a worry. Mm -hmm. You'll enjoy a good night's sleep. No need to panic over alarms or surprises or predictions that doomsdays just around the corner. Because God will be right there with you. He will keep you safe and sound. I also like the next part that says, never walk away from someone who deserves help. Mm. Your hand is God's hand for that person.
0: How often do we actually read Proverbs three through to that depth?
1: Hmm.
0: Most of us have memorized verses that.
1: three through five or something like that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Or even just five, five and Five six. and six, yeah. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct thy pass. So we get that little nugget in there. But we just unquestioningly, as kids, take that verse in, yeah, but don't really it. study yeah. it or analyze what it really means. Mm-hmm. These later verses really get to it. Yeah. Never walk away from someone who deserves help. In the story of this pastor who is a good neighbor. Even at the cost of being misconstrued and misjudged and treated poorly and even charged with a crime, for crying out loud, he did the right thing. Mm-hmm. Now, there could be critics to step in there and say, well, wait a minute, there was shouting involved. When it came to the point of encountering the police, there was an argument. And this pastor contributed to this argument. He argued with the police officer. You know, legally, he was on the Right. He wasn't required on private property to produce anything for this officer unless the officer had probable cause and had a warrant to go search the premises or something. Mm -hmm. He could not even ask him his name legally because it's not a public space. It's his neighbor's house. Castle doctrine applies here. And yet the police officer persisted and arrested him against the law and took him to court. And it had to take a judge sorting it out to say, wait a minute, you can't do that. He's a neighbor being a neighbor to a neighbor on the neighbor's property. Mm -hmm. This is none of your business Even if it was suspicious to a neighbor down the street who had to kind of clear it up and still couldn't clear it up because the officer still arrested the man Even then there was no cause for the officer to act the way he did. There was Mm -hmm. unjust actions That's what makes us angry and it should make us angry And so did the pastor err in disputing it with the officer on his neighbor's property? I'm not the man's judge. Yeah And I'm certainly not going to say, well, if you had just Mm -hmm. dot, 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 you never would have been arrested. That is none of my job to interpret. All we know is the facts in the case. Neighbor went to a neighbor's house, watered flowers, got arrested. These are the basic things. Is that right? Whether the man was black, white, or green. Mm -hmm. Is it just? No, it's not. What came of this was nothing good, really, except that the truth got out. This really did happen, again, to another person of color in a small town. We're saying that the bigger picture, the spiritual question is how are we going to respond if we ever face the situation again? Mm-hmm. What if we are that neighbor and we're not known well by our neighbors and we do the right thing? We take care of our neighbor across the street and we get suspiciously accused of something. How are we going to respond? What if we're that neighbor down the street who sees someone you're not familiar with standing in a driveway watering flowers, which seems odd, but nonetheless, it was a trigger for that neighbor. If you were that neighbor, how would you think differently based on the Word of God about mm-hmm. that? How would you approach it differently based on the encouragement, the advice, the commands, and the promises that are found right here in Proverbs three? Mm-hmm. If you're really the officer being called out by a dispatcher to go investigate this, based on this scripture, how would you respond differently? than you did last time. Mm -hmm. Would you consider that there are ways to find the truth without accusation and without aggression? Mm -hmm. Is it possible? For all three of these people, there are certainly ways to improve the situation you're in. But nonetheless, whatever the situation you find yourself in, no matter what side of it you're on, there Mm -hmm. is wisdom here.
1: Continuing on in this same passage, verse 30 says, don't walk around with a chip on your shoulder, always spoiling for a fight. Don't try to be like those who shoulder their way through life. Why be a bully? Hmm. Why not, you say? Because God can't stand twisted souls. It's the straightforward who get his respect.
0: Boom, mic drop. <laughs> this is God saying this through the voice of the book of Proverbs. Can it be any more clear? Hmm. This is what God expects of us. Don't be a twisted soul. And therefore, it kind of depends upon us how we end up that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just that it happened passively. We all choose things. We all make choices that lead to the kind of people we become. If we choose to go to God and ask for his help, for his guidance, for his wisdom, for his spark of insight, for his power to change, we can. Mm -hmm. What a promise. Yeah. And that's all we got for you on this particular Compassion Radio 360 program. And from what you've heard today, we'd love to hear what you think. Yeah. Drop us a line at CompassionRadio.com website or through our email, info at CompassionRadio.com. And we'll see you next Monday for the next Chasing the Word on Compassion Radio. Will you help us today? Please give generously, even sacrificially. I know that God will be pleased if we do. So call us today at one 800 868 2478. And note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Again, that's Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Or give a line at CompassionRadio.com. We need you, friend, so contact us today.